season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we have the number four player in Indiana for that 2024 class. Got Louisville commit for a pitcher and a hitter. Fisher's pitcher, Jack Brown on the podcast. Jack, super pumped to get you on the show. I know we've talked about it here, you know, in the summertime, in the fall time, and now we finally got it on the schedule. Pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's kind of dig into it. Um, so one question I do like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast, just, you know, just get it started is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Jack Brown? Okay. So say Jack Brown is, I've, it's going to be a guy that works hard. Um, I understand now more than ever as I'm getting older that anything that I want, I'm going to have to work for because there's other guys around me that are working just as hard as I am. So yeah, I understand that I'm, I'm going to work hard for something. Um, I would say I'm an easygoing guy that I'm going to try to get along with pretty much anyone I meet and, um, you know, show them respect that they need. Okay. All right. So before we kind of dig into your career a little bit, I kind of want to dig into, you know, a new event that's coming to Indiana that you're going to be a part of, uh, Battle of Indiana. Um, cool thing coming here this January. Going to have All-American prospects, a couple other uh, videographer, videographers across the state. Uh, all you guys doing live ABs, mic'd up on camera. Uh, pretty cool event here coming there in Westfield here in January. So what are you looking forward to most for Battle of Indiana? I'm, I'm super pumped for that. I think it's fantastic idea and I mean it's just it's going to be really fun you know kind of for the high school season to meet all the you know top guys in Indiana all of us are going to be together in one spot and uh, it'll it's, it'll be cool to you know face some of my old buddies from previous teams face some of my you know current teammates and I don't know whoever else I would go against but it, it'll be a lot of fun I'm, yeah. I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I know we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but you do have, I mean, you Indiana guys have good relationships with each other. Um, so sure. what are some of those relationships you have right now with even guys who are in your class or even, you know, 23, 25 classes as well? Uh, what are some of those relationships you have? Yeah, I'd say I, I don't I don't have a, a whole lot of relationships with uh, the 23 class, you know, a little bit in the 25 class. But in the 24 class, I mean, pretty much everyone that's um, highly ranked as I've played with before and I've always, I've been good friends with them in the past currently even you know guys in my Midwest Canes team or uh, the guys in the Bulls I, I like them all good relationship with them okay all right so I know I asked this question before we recorded as well but if you could face anybody here in the state of Indiana who would that be hmm. um let's see all right if I was a hitter I want to, I want to face, I want to face Brayton. So I saw, saw Brayton pitch out in area codes and I used to play with him and he's a, <laughs> it's a good arm, but yeah, he's a really good pitcher. And, uh, say pitching wise, uh, I want to face, I think Hogan, I want to face Hogan. Hogan. That's, that's a good bet right there. Okay. Well, I mean, I haven't made the schedule yet, so I mean, I'll make sure to keep that in mind uh, when it comes down to making that schedule for the day of the event. Uh, but I guess take us through the game plan um, for you as a pitcher facing Hogan and for you as a hitter facing Brayton. So as a hitter, let's see, I'm, I'm not 
particularly good at hitting lefties. So it'd be a little bit of struggle there, but uh, for Brayton, I'd probably, I'd probably like pass the fastball out because I, I struggled with that pitch, I think, especially from a lefty. So I've just, uh, you know, try to get on a fastball there because he throws pretty hard, but uh, let's see if I'm facing Hogan. I'm not, <laughs> there's not much you can game plan for him because there's not a weak spot in the zone. He hits everything. Doesn't matter the pitch, location. He'll he'll hit it. So yeah. I don't know. Well, I just have to hope he guesses wrong. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see you there January 29th. But I guess Hogan Hogan is your catcher for the Midwest Canes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I him and JT kind of split time. Um, I'd say if you know we played, if I pitched ten games, JT probably catches six of them, and Hogan's probably four. Okay. So I guess I take it you guys probably have pretty good relationships when it comes to being on the baseball field. So mm-hmm. what's that like, I guess, pitching to JT compared to pitching to Hogan? Um, they get – I mean, I really like throwing to – I feel I feel confident throwing to them because especially if there's a runner on base, that both those guys have hoses. I mean, as long as I'm doing my part on the mound of holding him on, on you know, on base, then I know that the, if that guy goes that they can gun him. So yeah. that's, a, that's pretty big confidence. Uh, builder just to know that you have a catcher that can throw a guy out pretty much any time. Okay. So let's kind of, let's kind of dig into your recruiting process a little bit. Obviously going to Louisville, a school that, you know, is consistently producing, you know, draft picks or even top draft picks with, you know, Brennan McKay there a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess Henry Davis as well went to Louisville, right? The number one yeah, overall pick yeah. there a couple uh, in what, 2021, maybe. I don't yep, know. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead. Let's dig into the recruiting process, kind of how you got, you know, connected with Louisville and why you committed there. Uh, just take us through that beginning of your recruiting process, kind of how it got started for you. And like, when was it that you kind of started getting noticed by, you know, division one teams? Um, I would say that my, my first, my first notice from D one school was in my 14 U summer. Um, my first one was a call with uh, Purdue. That was the first time that I got, you know, noticed by someone. And then when the net the following uh, winter rolled around, kind of my beginning of my freshman season that was um I think I believe that was when I had my first phone call with Louisville um coach Snyder the hitting coach called me and just chatted with me about some basic stuff about the school and there wasn't a whole lot that went on in my freshman high school season and then my 15U summer uh was playing well I was you know getting we were getting in contact with quite a few schools and at the end of the summer in Georgia is when I got in contact with Louisville again um pitching coach coach Williams he would come out he came out and watched me play uh two games I I pitched in both of them pitched well hit well and I was on the phone with him throughout the WWBA that week and um that was late July and then in late in August of uh 21 I went to their went to their camp you know got to talk to the coaches in person more like the whole coaching staff yeah. I got to see around the the campus got to see around you know baseball facilities all that got to meet some of the players current players there at the time and um I believe I committed uh a day the day after day after the camp you know I, re- I really liked it and that was a good place awesome well obviously if you kind of committed there the day after the camp I mean I mean I'm sure everything kind of fell into place as you were there on your visit 
Uh, but just throwing it back to kind of when that recruiting process did start, I guess you said Purdue was kind of that first team or the first coaching staff that you were talking to. Mm-hmm. But just take us through kind of maybe that first phone call you had with Purdue. And I mean, what's even going inside internally in your mind, obviously, being, you know, being a, I mean, I'm assuming what, 14 year old kid at the time, yeah. you yeah. know, talking to, talking to a big 10 school, uh, just kind of what's going through your head at that point and kind of what that conversation was like. Yeah. I mean, I felt like when I was that, you know, it was, yeah, it was my 14 year summer is like, it, it didn't really feel real. It's like, I, I felt like so young and so like, like far away from that, that like, there's just no way I'm like, you know, there's like a division one school calling me. So yeah. it, it took, it took a while for that to really set in that like, like, okay, like, you know, if you're a good player, like there's guys that are going to come after you and try to recruit you. So that was, it was a little weird. It took a little hard to, or it was a little while to, you know, accept that. But I mean, it, it was, it was cool that, cause I felt like I did something like well enough to where I was getting recognized. So it was a cool experience. Yeah. So I guess if you could compare like the recruiting process with, you know, Purdue with Louisville, I mean, I know you said there were some other schools that you were talking to as well. A mm-hmm. little bit. Um, where like, did most of the schools kind of have the same approach to recruiting you from like their side of things? Um, or do you think there was a couple schools that kind of, you know, acted different or like went about it a different way towards, you know, like trying to pitch their university to you? So I would say, I suppose a while ago, but I, most, most of the schools, they, I would say most of them pitched their ideas in a fairly similar way. I would say the biggest difference was, you know, they're at their genuine interest in me. Um, some of the schools are more interested in me than the others were. And, you know, it kind of showed and the frequency that they would reach out to my coaches, you know, if they wanted to call or how many calls I had, how long the phone calls were and basically just the conversations that would go on over the phone. So the biggest difference definitely was I, I can tell what schools were interested in me at that moment and what, what schools, you know, they had a little interest, but it wasn't the same. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with you committing that day after your visit there at Louisville, that camp you went to, I guess, take us through what that camp and what that visit was like, you know, going to that Louisville campus, or maybe potentially going downtown Louisville or whatever it was. I yeah. uh, just take us through what that visit was like and kind of what some things you were seeing on campus. Mm-hmm. So they, I had, I had um, the offer quite a while and I, I kind of took the whole month of August there. Uh, you know, I thought about it. I thought it checked a lot of boxes for me and what I was looking for um, in the you know school that I'd like to attend. So it was really just, it was more of like, uh, kind of like a, like a stamp on a letter, I'd say is just like this kind of confirmation that like, I got to meet the coaches. I got to talk to them, you know, shake hands, all that. And I got to actually, you know, throw hit, and all their facilities and stuff. So, and then, you know, the campus, I, I mean, I like the campus is, you know, cool to, you know, tour it and, you know, think that one day I could be here. So I, there, there wasn't like a whole lot that went on the day of the camp, but it was more of just like, I went there and I was like, yeah, I think that's where I want to go. Yeah. So you said your first contact with Louisville was the hidden coach, I believe mm-hmm. is that what you said, right? Yes. Um, so are you kind of talk, was that more of a conversation generally about hitting or did he talk to you about pitching as well? Or even when you're talking to, I know you said you talked to the pitching coach as well, quite a bit too, or like, how, like, how does that work when it comes to, you know, you're talking to the pitching coach, like, is he talking to you about like pitching you the university about hitting as well, or like kind of take us through that when it comes to, you know, like get recruited as a two-way player, um, and kind of potentially having, you know, multiple contacts you're in contact with. At a so my, uh, my first call with Louisville, it was, uh, it was more of a generalization phone call it wasn't really specifically about you know pitching hitting 
it wasn't particularly anything about me. It was just more of like a, a baseline, like, um, you know, laying down like blueprints of the school. And then when I called them in uh, late summer, that was when they watched me play. So that, you know, he wanted to talk to me about my, my play style, the things I did in that game. And that was when um, coach Williams, you know, he, he's the pitching coach. So, you know, we talked a lot about pitching, but you know, his little was very good hitting school. So, you know, he's been around the hitters, so he knows, you know, a stick when he sees it. So <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> but we, we talked about hitting um, and a lot of, there was a big, um, he put a lot of emphasis on my demeanor on the mound. That was the thing that those, the, the coaches there really liked is um, described as like a, like a calm collected demeanor, but competitive. So that was one thing that stuck, stuck out to me because that's what I try to, you know, compose in the mound. Um, bunch of my high school guys can confirm that I'm not a very emotional guy. I'm not going to strike someone out and, you know, you know, get excited off the mound. I kind of just get the K and, you know, go back to the dugout. But I, I kind of like that. My play style is, you know, just keep it calm and collective, but best believe that I'll be competitive. So that's what, that's what they talked about a lot in those phone calls is my play style, what they saw on the base paths, what they saw on the mound, what they saw at the plate. Yeah. So holding on to that offer for you said a little bit over for a month. Uh, were there a couple other schools that, you know, you were debating as well that potentially finished, you know, a close second or a close third behind Louisville? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Louisville was, they were definitely a front runner in the, my recruiting process. Um, a close second would have been, or would be IU. Um, it was kind of between those two at the time. I, it's, man, it's been a while, but it, it was definitely between those two. I was in contact with other schools, but um, it wasn't in the, they weren't the same like ballpark as Louisville and IU were at that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, Louisville, obviously, like, I mean, they're consistently producing, you know, mm -hmm. those top I mean, first round picks. And I yeah. feel like every other MLB draft, they have at least a guy in the top 15. Yep. I mean, IU, I mean, doesn't produce that many, uh, as many top draft picks, but they're also, I mean, I mean, obviously with me going to IU, I'm a little biased, but <laughs> I mean, I use baseball programs pretty damn good too. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, you're definitely gonna be a good fit there at Louisville. So since you did commit, you know, in August, um, I'm assuming that's after that PBR futures games, correct? So I I didn't I did not did not attend uh, future games that year. I did I did the junior future games um, in my 14 year summer, but the the summer I or the fall I committed, I didn't do the that would have been my 15 year year. I didn't I didn't do, I didn't go to the future games that year. Okay. So I guess I never really talked to a guy about the junior futures games. What is, I mean, I know regular futures games is for you, like the incoming yeah. sophomores, incoming juniors, like this year, it was like the 24s, 25s. So like what, I guess, like what's the juniors futures games like? I mean, the junior future games is basically, you know, it's, you weren't old enough to be in the future games. So it was, I think it was, I think it was just 14 U. I'm not totally sure, but um, obviously it was just, bunch of Indiana guys most most of us were on the Bulls that summer so you know we went down to Georgia and um it, it was the same setup um with the showcase and um you know you play I don't remember how many games but you know you played games you got in the lineup you pitched a couple innings so it was pretty similar to kind of like a showcase tournament you'd go to but there was definitely not as much emphasis on recruiting and the junior future games and there was the you know the future games like this past summer oh, yeah I mean, looking at the roster of this past teachers games, I mean, what was it like? I think 22 I, guys that committed, like, you know, like I, yeah, I think, I think the, almost the entire roster 
Almost, yeah, almost the entire roster committed. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that so. was crazy. I mean, looking at that roster, even the guys of un- who were uncommitted at the time, I mean, Jay Lee, RJ, mm-hmm. Kate McCoy, uh, I mean, Hunter Snow, all the all those different mm-hmm. dudes. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, from t- I think Jay Lee said they went, I think, three and oh, maybe or two and one. I feel mm-hmm. like talking yeah, to those guys, they said they dominated this past this past fall. Uh, so, so. Yeah. Uh, but no, with you being an Indiana guy and going to Louisville, I mean, I'm assuming Fishers is only what three hours from Louisville, maybe. Oh, it's only two. Oh, yep. only two. Okay, so yep. even closer. Um, yeah, so like, do you have a pretty good relationship with other Louisville commits? Because uh, I'm assuming that they they consistently recruit here in the Midwest. So I wouldn't. I, I haven't gotten you know deep contact with um, a significant amount of them. Yeah, out in area code games, Luke Oblin from uh, Illinois and Colin Mowry from Illinois, they were at the area code games. So I got to talk to them. I'd say I got pretty close with Luke. He's a, he's a pitcher as well. So I got, I got to know him pretty well. And, you know, I talked to Colin a little bit out there. Yeah. So but the talk- others, I have, I've went to, so I went to two Louisville camps. I went to one in August when I committed. And then I went to one this past January, um, kind of as their, their winter camp. So, they had they had a couple twenty four recruits in the Midwest that went out to that camp, and I got to talk to them there. Yeah. So, have you gotten the chance to talk to those twenty those class of twenty five guys who are committed there to Louisville? Because I think, I mean, I think there's J D Stein, mm-hmm. Crow, and Colin o- Ozenball, or, or however you pronounce his last name. I, I have you like got connected with them at all? I've I've only talked to uh, J D Stein because he goes Carmel, and you know we we play Carmel every year. We've played him we play in the regular season every year in high school, and then. We've played them in sectionals the past two years. We've had yeah. two really good games the past two years against Carmels. But, I, yeah, I, I've, talked, I've talked to J.D. a little bit. Okay. I definitely want to dig into that here in a little bit. I want to dig into, you know, like that whole, like, Northern Indi- northern Indianapolis, uh, I mean, competition. Because, I mean, you got Carmel, Fisher, Zionsville, Noblesville, Westfield. I mean, just that whole, like, area where I feel like – I mean, I'm from, like, like the Fort Wayne area. So, as I'm okay. driving through Indy, I feel like I just see, like, all, like, five of those towns, like, signs, like, within, like, a minute of each other. Yeah. So, I, mean, I really don't know. Like, I just, I don't, I, they're all like kind of like bunched in my mind. They're all just like, you know, yep. bunched up. They are, um, they're right guys consistently producing, you know, like that power five talent. I do want to dig into that. Uh, but yeah. no, so digging into a little bit more about relationships. Obviously, you had a good relationship with the Louisville coaching staff to commit there. Uh, but just, I guess, take us through what that relationship is like, you know, with the hitting coach, with the pitching coach, potentially even some other coaches there at Louisville and kind of how that may, has maybe evolved um, since you committed there last year. I would say um, the frequency that I that I talked to him um, kind of the beginning, it was kind of like I didn't know like when I should reach out or, you know, how often I should reach out. And over the summer and the fall, it was kind of like I, I made a I made a call to him like every two weeks or so. It wasn't like rapid fire back to back, but I left some time in between. It was more just like uh, just a check up, let him know how I'm doing, you know, with training throwing um i one thing i would like to do is you know i'm getting closer to the point of uh, graduating i'd like to pick their brains a little bit more because i do have some really good coaches that i've worked with or in the place that i work out so but i have got a lot of information from them but i would like to you know pick the brains of the louisville coaches a little bit and if there's any questions i have any tips or anything i think i need to work on i'd like to ask them yeah. So when you are picking the brains of, you know, the pitching coach, hitting coach there, like what are some different, you know, questions you're asking them or just some different, like, I guess, different knowledge you're wanting to gain from those different coaches there at Louisville? So I have, I haven't had too many conversations with coach Snyder, the hitting coach specifically about hitting, 
but I have talked to coach Williams um, a couple times just about pitching. I, a big question I have is like, how am I going to get developed at Louisville? What are the the tools, the philosophies that you guys will use to help me become a better player, like your better pitcher, you know, year after year. Cause that's a big thing for me. And I think that's one of the important parts when you're playing college baseball is, you know, I, I always, I have a big philosophy of, I want to be better than I was like a year ago. So like, we'll just go like June 1st. I want to be better, you know, year after year yeah. from the point I'm at kind of like a place marker. So I, I always ask, I ask them about, you know, what are you going to do to help me get better? And, um, you know, they, the technology and, you know, bullpens and all that, those guys are really smart. So, you know, much more than I am. So they can see, <laughs> they can see things that I don't, which yeah. helps out a lot. Yeah. So when you are, you know, building trust, building relationships, gaining knowledge from that coaching staff, how did that September 1st deadline, you know, this past September with you being a junior, how did that kind of, you know, help out when it came to, you know, being able to text them directly and then text mm-hmm. them back instead of, you know, like going through or who, if it's coach Hunley or whoever it is, yeah. um, I guess kind of take us through like before that September 1st deadline compared to what it's like mm-hmm. now when it's not as many barriers. For sure. made a difference. Um, just simply just to get your convenience of getting a communication with the coaches is I don't have to go through a coach to get to a coach. It's now like, you know, I got a couple calls this fall from them. It's just, they reached out to me, which is, you know, it was just, it was nice to see, yeah. you know, I get a couple texts or anything like that, but it, it was definitely just easier on the convenience, a- convenience aspect to ha- for them to be able to reach out to me for sure. I'm sure. All right. So I mentioned coach Hundley there. So obviously that head coach of the Midwest mm-hmm. So let's kind of take that and kind of move into travel ball. Um, you said you did play for the 14U Indiana Bulls when, you know, I mean, I felt like the top 20 players here in Indiana for the 24 class were all on the same team. Uh, so I just yeah, kind, of take, take, kind of take us through your travel ball career, you know, playing for the Bulls um, for that, for, you know, maybe 14U or whenever it was and that transition to the Canes now and kind of uh, what it's been like the past couple of years with the Midwest Canes. Yeah, I, uh, well, I'll give a shout out to I'm of X Orange. That was my kind of first travel ball team when I was for uh, yeah, eight years old, uh, 12 years old. Um, you know, they're just kind of a small organization in um, Fisher's area, Noblesville area, kind of in there. Um, I'm, I've met, you know, I had a lot of my childhood friends on that team. Um, a lot of a lot of good buddies that kind of go to the HSC district. You know, I'm, I'm still in contact with. Um, I had a great time. I think that was a perfect spot me to start off with in my travel ball career you know I I just I had a lot of fun there yeah and then I I met Rick or coach Steiner and uh and when I was 12 I played from I played with him on the Bulls from 12U to 14U actually I played with I played with the I'm of X Orange team in 12U like that was what I was you know rostered on but I also subbed for the Bulls quite a bit um in my 12U year and then the 13-14U season I played with the Bulls and i Nothing but good things to say about it. I had a lot of fun. You know, like I said, I met a lot of the guys that were taught or, you know, highly ranked now and good friends to this day. And then Coach Steiner moved to uh, Midwest Canes organization and I decided to follow him because I believe he's a very good coach. And a bunch of my other good buddies like, uh, you know, JT, Hogan, Hunter, Noah, we all went with him and uh, it worked out pretty well. Had a great 15 new year and had a fun 16 year year too. Yeah. Um, so I guess when you are like now with the Midwest Canes with Coach Steiner, you know, transitioning from the Bulls to the Canes, um, there uh, in between that 14 U season, um, is he still the head coach for your guys' class or is that Coach Hunley? I guess for the Midwest Canes, like what does that look like mm-hmm. when it comes to like the coaching staff? 
Yeah, coach Coach Steiner, he will be he'll be our head coach again this year. Um, kind of our final travel ball year. Uh, other assistant coach is um, Coach Butcher. He's a um, college baseball player. Um, coach Inge. Um, is that Tyler's know, Tyler's yep. dad? Yeah, Brandon Inge, former Tigers player. Awesome guy. Really have he's really fun to have in the dugout. And uh, Coach Denny Hogan's dad's coach there, and I our coaches test really fun to hang around. They're good guys. But uh, Coach Hunley, he's in charge of the the age group younger than us. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, whenever I come across the Midwest Canes, I always see his name, and I just wasn't sure like what exactly mm-hmm. like if he was your guys' head coach or what exactly like he's he pretty big, he's a pretty big name in the the Midwest part of the mm-hmm. Canes. He's I mean he's getting contact with I think every single Midwest team, but he's the he's the head coach of the sixteen U team now. Okay, so I guess kind of take us through obviously your relationship with Coach Steiner, um, and being able to play for him now for what is that? Th- I mean, probably what four or five years? It's been it's been a while. Um, so your relationship with him, relationship with you know Coach Inge, and kind of maybe uh, different ways you're picking his brain with him being you know mm-hmm. a former Detroit Tiger, and I guess the relationships with some of the other coaching staff uh, guys on that coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I have um, similar relationships with my summer team, and my high school team is like my coaches. They're like they're like my friends. I don't view them as like, like oh that's my coach. You know, it's kind of like that's my kind of like my friend. So, um, I, I met Coach Steiner because um, we I when I was in the Orange we played the Bulls when he was a uh, Bulls coach, and he saw me pitch. Uh, you know, he thought I had a good arm, and he saw me hit too. You know, I barreled a little bit. Um, I actually faced, I faced Hogan. I remember this was before my twelve U, my twelve U season. Hogan was like dynamite arm just like unstoppable pitcher and I barreled a foul ball off him that was all I did he ended up striking me out but coach Steiner saw that and I ended up doing hitting lessons so that's that's how I met coach Steiner and um coach Denny's always been kind of his right hand man um in the dugout and all that and then but coach Ange, he's it's awesome to have him around just because sometimes you know sometimes you're bored or something I just go and ask him about you know some crazy story that he's had in professional baseball you know, he's, he's got, he's got a bunch of them and he's, you know, he's played with like Miguel Cabrera, like when he is in his prime, yeah. that, that's just really cool to talk about because he's been around those like, you know, like generational guys. Yeah. So I'm sure the answer to this is going to be kind of similar, but um, so, you know, playing for the bulls, playing for the canes, uh, obviously that's, I mean, if you're a top prospect in Indiana, the chances are you're probably playing for one of those two teams. Uh, so with you playing for both those programs, even though it kind of, it was coach Steiner to the same head coach, uh, like kind of compare both those kind of programs and just the way that, you know, they're ran, obviously both programs that are consistently producing power five talent, uh, but just with you being an insider of both kind of how those two programs compare to each other. I, w- I would say that they are both very similar and like pretty much every aspect. They're both great programs. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that I got to be a part of both of them. Um, coach, I mean, just w- the way things are run, you know, if you're playing with an IB on your hat, you're playing with a C on your hat. Um, some teams are going to be out to get you. You know, they're going to give you the best stuff. That's something that Coach Steiner always says. And you know, you have to play like it because you know, like you got to re- kind of respect the respect the like the name on your hat. Of course. And I, I think all the teams that I've played on, if we've tried to do that, you know, I mean, you know, you can't just lay down. You know, if you're on the Canes team, so. Um, but I, I both 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 organizations I think were great to play for. I mean, I'm just, I'm really happy that I could play for both. 
Yeah. So as an insider of that Midwest Canes program, uh, what do you think has led to that success they've had here these past couple of years? Um, I mean, it's kind of like, kind of like a recruiting thing. It's like, I know that coach Steiner, he's always, you know, trying to get the best players he can in the area to come play for us. And I think that, I think that has helped out, you know, if we ever, if we lack an arms one year, then he's trying to, he's going out there and trying to get, you know, better arms. Um, and then it also comes down to all the players in the team know that, you know, you're like, you have to actually work to get better, you know, and all, we all do that. So we're consistently getting better every year, I think just from an individual standpoint, obviously individual success will lead to team success. So I, I would say that's, you know, how we uh, keep getting good. Okay. So obviously with you, with JT Steiner going there to Virginia tech, um, Hogan going to IU. Um, I mean, all the different players, Hunter Snow, I believe yep. Reed Andrews is on that team as well. Correct. Reed. Or not, sorry, Reed Howard. Howard, Reed Howard. Yeah. yeah Reed, Reed, Reed Howard. Yeah. Sorry. There's Reed Andrews. Who's in charge of, like the round tripper, like he's in, like he's oh, my contact okay. for round tripper. So like Reed, Reed Howard, as I was texting him about Battle of Indiana, was like literally like they were like text him the same day and first name Reed. My bad, Reed, yeah. uh, uh, Reed uh, Howard. Um, yep. so, I mean, you guys have a lot of players who committed to you know a power five, even some couple like top mid major schools. Mm -hmm. Who are maybe a couple guys on that Midwest Canes team that you're playing with who are maybe the next to commit or even some guys who you think have been maybe you know, like overlooked maybe so far in their careers? Um, I would say probably, probably uh, Julian Harris. He's, um, he's, he's two in, but primarily pitcher out of Michigan. Um, just tall, kind of loose, whippy uh, arm. And I think that he, his stuff's getting better. And I think, I think that he'll, he'll probably commit pretty soon, if not next summer. But he'll probably go somewhere good. Um, I think. What about guys here in Indiana? Because you know I'm always looking to add uh, people to that Battle of Indiana roster. Oh, in Indiana. Um, say my 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 good buddy Logan Crock and uh, Brock Brock Tallman, both of those guys. They're uh, Lawrence North baseball players. They they can they're they're players. They they both can swing it pretty well. Logan's speedster. Brock's got a power bat. Uh, I think that those like Logan's skill set I think has been extremely overlooked um, by a lot of people. But he's getting recruited a little bit. I think I would say uh, Ben Hammond's probably at my at Fishers. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's got good stuff. Can spin it. Uh, he'll 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 get recruited here pretty soon. Trying to think of guys in my area. I still, I still think that uh, Gavin Kuznetsky is. I still think he's overlooked. I think he's just. I, I think he's. I think he's a little under the radar still. Okay, I know well, I mean, Ohio State, but I. He's good. Yeah. He's really. I mean, good. I've been watching. I've been watching film on him. Just, I mean, obviously, I've been watching film on all you guys. You know, just you know, kind of watching all the guys who are committed places. I mean, he does, you know, he, he looks like a, a lights out guy. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, heading into your final travel ball season, obviously you took cool, uh, you took part of that cool area code event here this past uh, summer. Uh, but what does it look like? Like what are some goals or even just, you know, some cool events that you're looking forward to, you know, potentially taking part of in, in your mm -hmm. final travel ball season, kind of, you know, like the way when uh, 
I guess 17U summer is kind of the summer when, you know, all you top prospects get to be a part of, you know, potentially PG National, PDP, all those cool different events, area code as well. Uh, what are you looking forward to most um, here for your final travel ball season and even potentially some um, goals that you have heading into 2023? Yeah, so in the summer, um, I'm looking forward to the, you know, the, the Lake Point tournaments. Those are, you know, obviously really big tournaments to get highly recruited by, you know, college and pro scouts. And that, that's That'll be a one I'll be looking forward to. Um, I'd like to uh, try to go to the PG national showcase. I think that would be a really good one to go to. And then I've, I, I really want to do area codes again. Um, my, my spot's definitely not guaranteed because there's other people <laughs> getting really good. So I, I'll still be working for that, but I'll go back out to try out and hopefully go back out to San Diego. Cause that was an awesome experience. But um I would say that that's that's a, probably a main goal is get back out to area codes, but uh, goals is, um, I mean, I would say kind of vaguely, but just impress somebody. You know, if there's someone that's watching my game, I'd like to make them kind of you know turn their head or something. Yeah, you know, make a name for myself. Yeah. So talking about area code, can I take us through what that experience was? Obviously, we had the big three pitchers there in the 2024 class head out there this past summer with you, Bradley Farrell, Braden Thomas, uh, big three there in that 24 class. Um, so just take us through what, you know, your area code experience was like, uh, maybe what the day to day was or, you know, the tryout process. Just kind of take us through the whole experience. So I went out to the the tryout and um, I believe it was June and actually kind of a a little bit of a funny story. I, I went out and in the whole month of June, I couldn't hit water if I was in a pool. I just, I was terrible at the plate. I mean, it was the worst I ever hit in my life, but I was throwing well. So I actually just came off like the best outing I had all year. So I went out to the area codes and I was like, you know what? All right, we're going to scrap hitting for this thing. We're just going to, we're going to go out there and throw. I threw really well. And um, they, or they saw that. And then, you know, I got on the team and the month of July, I started hitting again. And I was like feeling good at the plate, you know, like I usually do. And I was like, oh, shoot, kind of wish I could have two weighed, but it was a little too late. So it's and actually um, Justin Wexler, who's one of the he's one of the coaches out there in area codes, was pretty close to me. He uh, he came he watched me in uh, a game we played Noblesville this past past spring. And he I didn't even pitch that game, but I went three for three with a bomb. And I remember I got to I got to San Diego and I was like you're not you're not hitting I was like yeah well yeah month of June we'll forget about that but <laughs> um the, the area code I was that was probably one of the biggest that was one of the best things I did in all of 2022 I perfect experience I mean I went out there with my dad um it was you know a good good father-son trip a lot of fun we went we got down there like a day early just kind of look around the places my dad was, he's uh still active or he's still in the military 36 years so He's at, he's been out to San Diego when he was really young and the the training ba training base yeah. camp, camp stuff and all that. Um, but basically the whole first day we um, just walked around kind of the, the harbor area, of San Diego, you know, got, we got the aircraft music. There's an aircraft museum out there. It's awesome. Um, some San Diego food, but it was really cool. And then we got the, all the gear and stuff. That's why I, you know, met the players for the first time. Um, actually the only other player that I talked to in person was Brayton there. I hadn't talked to Bradley in person. And so I, that was really the first time I met yeah. Bradley. Um, and I'd say I heard of a bunch of names that were on that team. I just never got to personally meet them. So 
it was really cool. And it's like, you know, all those guys just, just chill. It's just a bunch, bunch of Midwest guys that, you know, went out there and just wanted to play. Yeah. So who are some, I guess, besides, you know, obviously you said you knew Braden beforehand, uh, but who are some other guys that, you know, potentially built relationships with that weekend who you potentially keep in contact with still, or who are some guys like other cool guys on that, on that team that you kind of bonded with the most? Yeah. I say, obviously Bradley being an Indiana guy, you know, I never got to talk to him in person yet, but definitely uh, Bradley, I'd say uh, Luke, Luke Oblin, you know, Louisville. Mm -hmm. Um, No, no Weck. I think it's Weck or Wetch. I think it's Weck, but he, he was he's a cool guy. Um, let's see who else was there. Carson Carson Wiggins is probably the best pitcher I've seen, like at, like live. The uh, Arkansas commit. He's he was legit, but he's he was a cool guy. Um, Anson Saber. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but. Um, he answered he's pretty cool he's like six eight so yeah i'm sure he could throw it up there pretty quick yeah no it was like an effortless just you know like slow 90s but it didn't even look like he's trying so uh but i mean pretty much everyone out there was just it was cool to meet fun to talk to yeah so what did that day-to-day look like uh, when it came to uh, you know going to the park obviously it's different for pitchers compared to hitters uh, but for just for you, uh, what did that day to day look like there? Day-to-day? Yeah, so just pitching in that one, we played. Um, we play, I think I believe we played two Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday. I think that I think that was our schedule. So I pitched on Friday, in the I pitched in our second game. So you know, I was just kind of relaxing the first game. You know, we got to the park and so then I pitched the second game and then uh Saturday and Sunday was just kind of you know chilling out talking to the guys and yeah it's just it was a weird experience to see because I've never been to anything like in that magnitude of a scouting perspective so like the hotel we were staying at it's like literally you look to your left you look to your right you go on the elevator there's like a scout for some pro team and that, that was really cool to see and especially at the park like just the stands just filled with you know radar guns and just scouts everywhere yeah but that, that was that was really cool it was just it was college guys or college scouts pro scouts everyone was there yeah so for you obviously when you're seeing all those scouts how do you kind of go about you know as you're stepping up to the mound you know potentially blocking out those scouts kind of focusing on the actual game to be played mm-hmm. uh, just all those scouts in uh, in that stadium how do you kind of go about that yeah i so when i threw i didn't i didn't have the i didn't have the best out in y'all through two innings but it's kind of I, I felt all right, but then it definitely didn't have my best stuff. But um, I, I I don't feel like I've ever felt like uh, pressure, like, you know, like so it's like, you know, there's scouts watching me or something, because I feel like I've always been pretty good since I was young. So pretty much, you know, I've always kind of had the the pressure to perform um, and pretty much every year I've played. So that doesn't I don't feel like that has gotten to me too much. Um Coach Steiner always has a saying, you know, I'll hear it six or 10 times a year. Uh, he always says, you know, show someone how good you are. So when I'm going out there is like, I'm trying to kind of like prove something, even if I've already, you know, proven myself, I'm trying to yeah. prove something to other people like, all right, this is how good I am. And you can come watch or something like that. So playing for the Midwest Canes, playing at the area code uh, experience and even playing, you know, in Northern Indianapolis where, you know, like I said, I mean, you get like that area is just consistently producing power five talent. Um, if you could maybe choose 
one or two guys um, on the pitching side of things who are the hard, like the hardest hitters to face, or even flipping that around and picking like the hardest pitchers that you faced it before in your career. Um, do you kind of have like an idea in mind on who those guys would be? Um, <clears throat> I would say uh, probably both have probably come from high school. I would say hardest pitchers to face have definitely come from high school. I mean, I believe that Drew Dixon last year was probably, I think he's the best pitcher in the state and not so much stuff wise, but I'm telling you if that, like that guy's mind was just unbelievable. If he, if he was on, you weren't stringing together hits. You weren't yeah. getting on base. He was just, and I faced, you know, uh, Gage Stanford last year. It's just, he had just electric stuff, like, you know, mid nineties and he's snapping off breaking balls that sound like, like saucers in the air, but I would say that those those guys are probably the probably the best pitchers I face. You know, I faced um, Nate Dome my freshman year, uh, Mississippi State arm now. Yeah. Um, hitters, oh, best hitter I faced since I've been in high school was Carter Matheson. Oh, he he's got my number. Yeah, yeah. he's got. Yeah, Carter. I mean, I, I mean, I get to watch Carter. You know, on a week on a weekend basis here now, and I mean. <laughs> Man, it's it's fun to watch him play. Yeah, he, you know, broke all Kyle Schwarber's like freshman records here at yeah. IU. I mean, he that dude is a monster. Yeah, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and he 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 owned the little pup. It was, gosh, I faced him like he had three at bats against me. I think I I walked him in one, and the region our regional games my freshman year he hit two doubles off me. Um, but the first time I faced him was actually my first varsity appearance, and I didn't know who he was at the time, but I walked him. And like the guy's still second, the guy's still third, and it was like un unbelievable, like base running instincts and jumps. Like yeah. I, you couldn't hold him on. But I would say, without question, he was probably the best um, best hitter I faced in the past couple of years. Um, and Bro Brody Crispin from Zionsville, who he he delivered the dagger last year in our our sectional game. I did not have good stuff, and uh, he made me pay for it. And yeah ended up in a loss but that that's the one that, that's the one that hurts but Brody he's really good at Purdue now uh, he's had amazing junior and senior year while you know I was there yeah um oh Joe Joe Huffman last year from Avon he's uh went to Quincy he's a shortstop unbelievable hitter I mean just barrel finder yeah but so you said uh, in summer I I feel like I fit. It was just it's so it's so many teams. It's like oh, of course. I mean, it's so exactly. hard to know really like what players playing for who, unless it's yeah. like the you know like the Canes National or you know like, I guess Arkansas Sticks or it's just some of those other like, yeah. you know, top tier teams. I mean, it's hard to tell. So many. Well, I right, a couple of the best hitters I face have probably come from the area codes. I faced I faced the Rangers team, which was just Texas. So I got to go against you know Kade, uh, Aaron Bede, um uh, David Hogg, Luke, Luke Billings was on that team too, I believe. If you if you got to face him, I know I just I don't believe I faced him. Um, what was the there's a guy that just he's on the Bulls now. He's from Texas, I think. Yeah, obviously he's from Texas, but he just went to the Bulls. Oh, really? He switched the Bulls? I think so. Matt's. Uh, man, I don't know. I know the wall. I guess like your guys's class now for the Bulls is like that national team. Yeah. Um. So I guess I don't really. I don't really know. Have they, yeah, have they announced just, their roster yet? I don't believe so, but I was 
when I was at uh, the codes, you know, Bradley and Brayton were talking to me about, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name, but big, big righty hitter. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll text Brayton right after this and, and see who yeah. you're talking about. Cause now I'm curious, but yeah. Um, but I, I faced like I had, I went through the, like the, the bottom of that Rangers lineup and then I faced like the top like five and I was just like a juggernaut lineup. So you said, so you said there at the beginning, you said Drew Dixon, you believe was the best pitcher um, in, in the city at that time. And he was a class of 2022, right? Just graduated. Yeah. Yeah. So you think, you think he's better than Dukanich? Yeah. Really? I, okay. I, I he, I, oh, here's another part of the story. So our sectional game that we lost still, that's heavy on the heart, but he, um, right before sectionals, he like cut his finger or something. So we had to put like fake skin over his finger. And so he pitched the game one in sectionals and then the rest of game two. And they, he played us in game three in the championship. And the day before he pitched against us, he had a 102 degree fever and then came out and like was about to throw a complete game shutout until the seventh inning when his finger, the, the fake skin on it, like ripped off and he was bleeding a little bit. You know, you can't play if you have blood. So yeah. they had to pull on someone else. But I, I, I really do, I do think like just the like intelligence level, like you can see, just see it from watching from the dugout and even facing them is like, there's like so much thought put into like what pitch he's going to throw, like when, and then what's going to set that up for the next pitch. But none other, like I, I'd say like his mentality is the best I've seen in the mound. Like just, you can't string together hits off of him. Yeah. Yeah. So you said um, when you were at area code, you said it was a good, you know, father son bonding trip, you know, you said your dad, um, has been in the military for I think you said 36 years. Yep, this is 36 uh, year. So with with your dad being in the military, obviously, I mean those guys go through I mean hell and back when it comes to you know training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so like what's some like key things that you've learned from your dad? Uh, just you know from all his military experiences, mm -hmm. um, and just everything that you learned from him so far in your in your first what 17 years of life? Are you 17? Yep, I'm now? 17. I turned 17 in October. Okay, there we go. So uh, just what are some cool or just some key things that you've learned from him just with him being a military, with his military experience? Yeah, so he's uh, he, he he was in the Marines for the first part of his military career. Now he's been in the Army, and now he's in the National Guard. You know, he's in the Reserves. He's a little bit older now. But um, I would say probably the biggest, biggest help that he's provided me, athletically at least, has been um, probably on a nutrition scale. So making sure, you know, I get enough calories and make sure I'm actually eating, make sure, you know, I get enough protein, um, probably get enough water too. Well, I think water intake has been a big part of my at least athletic performance. So yeah. uh, he's helped me a lot with nutrition, just making sure I get all the stuff I need. Um, and then consistency. I was like all the training that they do, it's very consistent and rigid um, protocol. So, you know, and I was, especially when I was younger, it's like, a part of that I did, I did want to do all the training and stuff because I had a fun time doing it, but he was just another like backbone to make sure that, you know, like you're, you're going to be consistent. We're going to, you know, do things on this day and then, you know, rest and all that. So, but he's helping me out a lot for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, So transition a little bit to high school. I know we dug into that a little bit when it came to, you know, Drew Dixon or facing Carter Matheson as a freshman when he stole those couple bases on you <laughs> in the, national, or the regional game. Uh, but just digging into the high school season, kind of take us through what, you know, what your sophomore season was like last year and then kind of, you know, maybe what the outlook is this upcoming season. Um, Because I know Fishers is consistently producing some good talent as well. Um, So just kind of what the outlook is and kind of how last season went. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one because I, I love like, high school baseball. It's like 
I, it's perfect. I, I, I loved high school baseball ever since I played my first, first varsity inning. I, I, I like it way better than summer. I just, the meaning of the games, just, it just has like so much more. I feel like, like individually to your coach, to like your, your high school, it just means so much more. Um, but that's my, my freshman year is pro- that was my favorite year of baseball like a season of baseball that I've had with, without a doubt. It's like, it was just fun to pitch. Like, I don't, it's hard to remember. It's almost just like a, just like a, like a dream almost. Yeah. And that, that state run is like, we were, we were not better than most of the teams. Like that year, I believe like Westfield, Zionsville and Carmel were all like ranked in the top five and we somehow won our sectional. So we made it to state Unfortunately, we lost, but um, that whole playoff run was kind of magical. And then we had a lot of returning guys for my sophomore year. So from the get go, we were supposed we were supposed to win, and we did. We did have a very successful season. Um, for me personally, I offensively, I I thought I was very good last year. Felt very comfortable, and I was better offensive player than I was a pitcher. I had a I've had a lot a lot of frustration at least last spring and throughout parts of the summer just on the mound. It's like I just there wasn't a point in the high school season where something ever clicked. I always felt like I was trying to like like fix something week after week and just didn't didn't have the stuff or I didn't I didn't live up to the expectations of the stuff for myself on the mound. And um obviously the most notable one for me, as I've mentioned, was that section the sectional game and sectional championship. That's probably the worst, worst lot that by far the worst loss that I've had. Um, just because the, it, it, you know, even though we didn't hit that much, it's just the guilt that I gave up, you know, four earned and four innings and we didn't really have a chance the whole entire time. But, um, so, I mean, that was, that was, that was a pretty big heartbreak. So, you know, I just felt like I sent like 75% of our team home because not everyone was playing baseball in college. That was a little rough one, but that took me about the whole summer to, to get over it. So then, you know, we're back in the fall training and um, we lost quite, we lost a lot of our team, but I, I don't really, I don't really think it matters. I think that we could be as good or better than we were last year with our team because I like our Fishers baseball, the culture, like the camaraderie with the coaching staff, the players, I, it's like perfect. Yeah. I, all of our players, all like, like the whole program is just, it's so close, especially the coaches like all the coaches are so close and the coaches are close to the players. So I think that helps out even if we don't have an extremely talented team, which I don't, I don't know that maybe the rankings will prove me wrong, but I preseason, I don't believe that we'll be ranked as high because on paper, but I really, I don't think it matters. I think that, uh, you know, me and me and Gavin will be our um, two conference starters. And I think that if we continue working throughout this winter and actually, you know, get better, that I don't think it matters, and we'll 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 be just fine this year. I hope I I want none other than to win another sectional because winning winning a sectional championship, especially in like sectional eight, it's it's amazing, amazing yeah. feeling. So you talk about sectional eight. I assume that's I mean who so who is in your sectional? Like what Westfield, Carmel? Yeah, we got Fishers, Westfield, Carmel, HSC, Noblesville, and Zionsville. Okay. So with those schools and even some of those other schools that are up there north, um, I, I is no you said Noblesville or Zionsville? 
uh, both of them are in. Oh, they both. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much all those schools that are up there like that in that, like I said, in that bunched up area, uh, kind of North of Indy. Um, so kind of take us through what that competition level is like, um, when it comes to, you know, facing other guys who are going to power five schools, um, uh, maybe some, I guess we kind of talked about like the toughest guys to face, uh, mm-hmm. but just kind of take us like through kind of the competition level you guys are looking forward to playing in 2023. The I'm I'm so happy that my parents chose to live in Fishers and I go to Fishers High School because the <laughs> they play the competition that we face in our conference and our sectional it's it's so fun that's what makes it the best part is like there's not really an easy game yeah you have to, you got to go out there and there's something to play for like we won our conference last year and it was like like that was amazing like it was a big deal to to win our conference win yeah. our sectional it was like 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 let's go you know it's, it's something we were all trying to do and we'll face I mean next year our first series will be against Zionsville that's that's our first uh, conference series you know we'll face Nash Simon and uh we'll see Chase so the, the I mean the comp the competition level in our conference is something I, I love and I'm happy that we have yeah. So with that competition level being so high, and I guess you kind of being a sophomore last year where you're a 16 year old, you know, facing 17, 18 year olds who are mm-hmm. going to, you know, potentially play college ball or who are just kind of, you know, adults kind of moving on to the next stage of their life. What would you say would be tougher playing high school baseball in that northern Indianapolis area or when you're playing travel ball, when you're facing like the top tier players of your class, like across the country? Um, I would s- I'd probably say uh, high school just because I feel like in summer, the, the vary of the team that you play is like very vast. Like, you know, you could play like a dynamite team and then you yeah. can play something that's not very good. So I feel like that it, it teeter totters a lot, which we have a little bit of that, but our conference series is it's, I mean, it's going to be a dog fight pretty much every time you play them. Um, but I, I will say I, especially like last year, like I didn't feel like a sophomore. Cause like most of my, like most of my best friends last year were like seniors and juniors and be, playing, playing that full year, my freshman year on varsity going against guys and I pitching even better than I didn't or pitching better my freshman year than I did my sophomore year. I, I, I didn't feel any pressure. I didn't feel like the, I didn't feel like the underclassman or the young guy my sophomore year. I felt like I was just kind of with everybody else, Yeah, but mostly due to the fact that I played my freshman year. All right, and, so go ahead. Yeah, well, just the fact that I, I did good my freshman year helped out a lot. Yeah. All right, so I got a couple of questions about travel ball that, you know, I kind of forgot about um, as we kind of, you know, dug into area code and mm-hmm. all that that cool experience there. Uh, so when it comes to, you know, just all those years that you've been playing travel baseball, you know, playing for that neck, is it next orange? Is that what it was called? I, I'm a Vex. Okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a Vex. I'm a Vex. Okay. Um, playing for them. I-M-A-V-E-X. Okay. Playing for them, playing for the Bulls and playing for, you know, the Midwest Canes traveling across the country, going to, you know, Lake Point, um, obviously playing there in Grand Park right down the road as well. And all these different, you know, different facilities that you're going to um, across the country. I guess kind of take us through what some of your favorite travel ball memories have been, you know, whether that's messing around with the, in the hotel room or, you know, potentially doing something, you know, great in the game. Uh, just take us through maybe a couple, you know, fav- of your favorite travel ball memories when you think about travel ball. Um, I would, I mean, obviously just playing well in those tournaments, you know, you travel eight, eight and a half hours to Georgia and it's, it's nice to actually play well, you know, yeah. so you don't have like a, you know, sucky like night in the hotel or sucky car ride home. 
that's that's always nice to have. But I, my my 15U WWBA, the one where I got recruited by Louisville, that was probably that's probably been my favorite tournament just because like I I hit well, I pitched well, I you know got recruited by the college committed to, I had a great time with my buddies, and we um, I mentioned them earlier, Logan Crock, uh, Lawrence North kid. And we brought along Gavin. We brought those two kids around, or with us to that team. And that, you know, that, that made a lot of fun in the hangouts and the hotel and all that. And, you know, my, it's kind of like worlds collide. Like my friends got to meet my uh, travel, travel ball friends, not necessarily meet them because they've already met before, but you know, they got to, they got to hang out. And- oh yeah, of course. I mean, I feel that same way. Like with me being a college kid, when, you know, my high school friends come to town and they're meeting like my college friends here, yeah. like it's, it's, it's like, it's weird, but like, it's cool. And you yeah. know, it's, 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 some, yeah. it's, it's a cool experience to have, like, you know, uh, me being old enough to go to the bars. I mean, it's cool mm-hmm. to have, you know, my high school friends come to the bars with me in my college town where my college friends are at. Um, So, I mean, no, that, I mean, that is a pretty cool experience to have you know, like two worlds collide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, one last question about travel ball, then we'll kind of move into, you know, like hitting approach, pitching repertoire, stuff like that. Um, So this is one question I like to ask every player I get on. Um, just because, you know, I'm kind of curious for the most part, I kind of get the same answer. Um, so when it comes to travel ball and all the facilities that you've played at, what would you say would be your favorite facility that you've been at so far? Um, I'm assuming the common answer is Lake Point. Yeah. I, I, I do like Lake Point, but I, uh, I really like East Cobb. I like, I like East Cobb just because like, they don't really have like one, like, all their fields are different. Like yeah. you mentioned, it's the shape, and I and like they're on different levels of the ground. Like some's some is higher up and some's lower. So I, I I really like East Cobb. It's always you know hot when we go down there. But yeah. I I would say, I would say that's probably that's probably my favorite place. Okay, I so I went to East Cobb this past year. I've never been to Lake Point. Um, and I was like I was like amazed because I mean here I've never like me being up in Fort Wayne like we don't have facilities like that. Like Grand mm-hmm. Park is like still like a two and a half hour drive for me. Um, so, I mean, when I went to East Cobb, I was like, holy, like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And then, like, I was talking to people and they were like, you got to check out Lake, Lake Point. Um, so this upcoming summer, I'll definitely be at Lake Point as well. Kind of, you know, yeah. checking that out too, or potentially, you know, going to Hoover. Cause I've heard, I mean, that's a, a good facility as well. Yeah. Hoover's nice. I, it, Hoover's pretty similar to Lake Point. Just I, Lake Point's just better. Like, I mean, it, to me, if you were, if you're, if you're a scout, Lake Point's like perfectly made for you. Yeah, because isn't it like like every field? It's, it's kind of like you know every field's like you know um, like right next to each other, like you said, same dimensions. And isn't yeah. it kind of just like you know like flat ground instead of you know at each yeah. top where like all the fields are different dimensions? Yeah, no, it, it's it's flat. Like you you could uh, be watching the game, you look to your right, and you can see the other game, but it's it's like totally flat throughout the whole place. Yeah. So how I guess how would you compare with me never being a Lake Point? How would you compare Lake Point to uh, Grand Park? Lake Point's way way better. Just I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say about Grand Park. Cause like, I feel like I go there like, like every single day. Yeah. Especially in summer. So, well, cause I've played there, you know, for, I don't even know how many years now, but I, I, it's way better than Grand Park from like viewing experience, the, just like the viewing pleasure, like just everything's just nicer. Yeah. Like, the fields, the the whole park itself is better. What about the concession stand? Because I mean, I've heard. I mean, when I was at East Cobb, I mean that concession stand food was legit. So is Lake is Lake Point similar or Grand Park? I, I, I don't. I don't have a very good, very good say in the concessions food. I I will say that Lake Point has these uh, frozen lemonades. 
that I got when I was down there this year. Those things, those things are good. I think I got like strawberry lemonade, like minute made one, and it was good. Kind of like ice ice cream, but all right. I'll make I'll make sure when I go to Lake Point, I'll I'll try I'll try to get one of those and kind of test it out, see what they're yeah, like. Uh, but no, let's kind of move into your like actual play on the field. It's a, you know like off the field stuff and like recruiting and uh, stuff like that. Um, so you are you know a pitcher, and I believe your kind of position player. Your position is third base. Outfield. Is it outfield? Okay. Yep. Um, on perfect yeah. game, like I said, both. So I yeah. wasn't hundred percent sure. It does. I, I'm not sure why I haven't changed that because I literally can't field a ground ball I, <laughs> I i haven't played infield and it's been a while but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely definitely an outfielder yeah well i mean i mean a lot of pl- a lot of players really don't change that perfect game uh position i mean i know i was talking to one guy and this was kind of when i was first kind of getting into it before i knew that perfect like perfect game was kind of you know like you guys go in and put your positions mm-hmm. um so this one guy had listed that he was like a an outfielder and I start talking to him like, oh, man, like, so like talking about the outfield, this and that. And I had this like two couple questions and he goes, man, I haven't played the outfield in like three years. And I'm like, well, I mean, that would have been nice, you know, if you would have, you know, updated that a little bit. But uh, uh, no. Um, so with you being a pitcher, being an outfielder and you are committed to Louisville as a as a sorry, as a two way um, kind of take us through, you know, what your plans are these next couple of years of, um, I guess, just getting better um, both ways as a pitcher, hitter, position player. Um, and I guess kind of what the plan is moving forward. Yep. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit and pitch basically as long as I can, uh, I'll, I'll do them both until someone tells me I can't do one of them. So, uh, I, I believe that down the road in my career will be on the mound, but like I guess I mean, I, I love, I love playing like both ways. Cause I just feel like I can, especially like in my high school, like, you know, I pitched, the, I pitched the first game and I hit. And then the next game, you know, I can go play the outfield and still hit. So, like, I feel like I can impact a game every single time that, I, you know, I step on the field. And I love that part. It's like, I feel like I'm just playing the full package of baseball. Yeah. And so when- I'm, I'm just, I mean, I, I just, I love playing both ways just because it's like, I feel like a ba- just complete baseball player. So when when you are on the mound, do you see yourself as more of maybe a potentially starting pitcher in the future or potentially like a bullpen role? Like as of right now, kind of take us through maybe, I guess, your personal scouting report when it comes to, I guess, longevity when you actually are pitching when it comes to being a starter or a reliever. I think uh, I think that I would be a starter. Um, I I've always thrown hard for my age. Uh, my velo this past year kind of it kind of plateaued compared to my freshman year it went up a little bit but I I don't see myself having another like like a like a fast velo jump I think that I mean I'll go up in velo I mean I my my goal my goal this high school season is to throw you know be 90 to 92 and 93 here and there but I think I think I see myself as a starter just because I don't think that I'm gonna be like a you know just a power arm that's gonna come out of the bullpen um, I haven't had like any serious arm injuries, so you know, knock on wood, but I, uh, I, I think that I, I can lengthen out through the game. I mean, I threw my, my, especially my freshman year, I threw, I threw a lot of innings in the month of May. Like I went, I believe, uh, I went three complete game shutouts in a row in the, in, in the span of like a couple weeks in May. Um, but I, I, I like starting too, just because I get I get to pitch more. Yeah. So. Um. So I guess even taking that question a little bit further, 
Um, if you if you were, you know, like a scout watching your game, let's say potentially, you know, for that, I mean, potentially the 2024 MLB draft or whatever happens to be, you're a scout watching your game. What would be your personal scouting report on yourself when it comes to being on the mound, uh, be playing in the outfield and being in the batter's box? Uh, just kind of what would be that personal scouting report on yourself? Like what would be your write up? Um, <clears throat> I would say so I on the mound, my I throw uh, two seam two seams. I, I don't throw any four seams. So I would say that, you know, the fastball has got pretty heavy arm side run. Um, I think I, I have a really good changeup. It's consistently gotten better over the past two years. So I, I'm definitely going to be using that a lot more this year. So I think that I have a plus changeup. I'm thing I want to get the one of the main things I get better at, especially pitching this year, is just spinning it. I want to be able to throw a slider. Slider is like the main thing. I want to be able to get like a, a hard slider, you know, moves that much, but still something that's, Something that's hard and just pl play plays well with my fastball, and then I want you know just be able to spin spin the breaking ball because my spin rate is something that I need to improve. My breaking ball is relatively low; it's like twenty like twenty one hundred ish. So I, I don't want I want to get that up. Um, hitting my my I'm not a very uh, how do I explain it? I don't I don't have a lot of power, I guess. Um, I don't really understand why, you know, I'd like to hit home runs, but I, I, I don't hit a lot of home runs more of like, uh, but I'll, I'll hit the ball hard. Yeah. You know, I'm more of like, you know, a double single kind of guy, which I'm totally fine with that role. Cause I, th I think I'm getting pretty good at it, but, um, hopefully if someone watches me, I just, I just, I, I'd like to be able to hit the ball hard pretty much every time to the play. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's what I, that's what, that's what I try to do every single time. Like that's the simple approach is. Just try to hit the ball hard, but yeah. uh, defensively, I guess, yeah, I, I, I get I get clowned on by the high school. So it depends 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 what month what month we're talking about in the outfield because that the month of March and April, man, I look like a like a like a deer in headlights <laughs> when I when I'm in the outfield. But when uh, when May and the summer rolls around, then I, I'm I'm solid out there. But okay, that, that uh, early that early springtime is a little rough. <laughs> so um, you kind of dug into your pitching repertoire a little bit there, um, but just kind of digging deeper into that, uh, kind of take us through, I guess, kind of what the pitches you're kind of offering up there when you're on the mound, uh, potentially, you know, what those pitch grips are, or kind of how you kind of develop those different pitches. Mm -hmm. um, so two seam, that's, I've, I've always, well, I, I threw, I threw four seams when I was younger and then kind of like the, when I was 14, I was just playing around with it. And it was just, I, the two seam just felt more comfortable. It wasn't, it wasn't so much that it was like, you know, just like devastating arm side to run. It was more just like, it felt comfortable. I felt like I could, I felt like I could throw harder at the time. Now it's probably about the same, but over the years, that's been something, especially like my freshman year, like they helped out so much having a fastball that ran, you know, sunk a little bit sometimes. Um, that's, I, that's something I would say that helps me a lot. Um, and then the change up is, I uh, I've played I played around with a couple grips and it really it really started to get good this past summer um, and travel ball I I could throw it to righties and lefties which is a big thing for me because a righty and righty change up is a really hard thing to develop and I feel like I'm finally starting to get that down um, hopefully I can continue that into when I start my bullpens this winter um, and I I I have gone it's like 
sometimes it's slider, sometimes it's curveball, um, depending on which one I like more. I'm, I'm tr- like I said, I'm just I'm trying to get a good distinction between you know something like you know it's got it's more of a hook and yeah. then something that's more like a gyro slider, which would be it'd be really nice. But um, the pitch, pitch repertoire would be two seam fastball, change up slider. Those would be the three main ones. And then occasional curveball, and then when the situation's right, you know, four seam, hopefully high, you know, like O2 count. Yeah. You know, set it up. But so when you kind of do go about, you know, like developing those pitches or potentially, you know, even adding a pitch, uh, how do you kind of go about that? Cause I know pitchers have, you know, some pitchers have different ways of going about it. Um, so how do you kind of, you know, go about developing pitches or even potentially adding one? Um I was developing developing them. I actually when I was at area codes. There's a lot of a lot of really good pitchers out there. Quite a few of them were better than I am. So I'm trying. Like I asked them, like, how do you hold this? How do you hold this pitch? So I I, I asked them, you know, what like how they specifically hold, how they throw it, what do they think when they're on the mound and they're about to throw it, and then a lot of it too. I'm sure it's a common answer. It's just you just play around with grips. Like it, there's not one grip fits all. You know, it's yeah. it depends on you know the your, your the tilt and how you throw and what what feels good in your hand so there's so many different ways to throw a certain pitch but that's something i'm still playing around with now is with those breaking balls it's like i'm trying to figure out which one you know which one i like the best so digging into you know just the arm care routine a little bit so at this point in the off season we're in december um i'm assuming you know you're at the past that deload stage kind of potentially you know ramping back up a little bit kind of take us through what your arm care routine is and what that off season generally looks like for you um so it's a little bit I'm I guess uh paying a little more attention to it this year I wouldn't I've always had a healthy arm but I wouldn't say that I've done like a fantastic job like I've, I've done it but I haven't done a great job of you know um doing arm care exercises say like like after I throw or consistently throughout but this this um this year actually in the fall I went to the Florida baseball armory with with Gavin and that, that was really helpful to, you know, they looked at my mechanics and all that, but another big takeaway was the recovery aspect of it. They kind of helped me develop a plan of when I should start, you know, ramping up when I basically when I should start throwing bullpens again. And they gave me a lot of uh, recovery exercises to do. So pretty much every day I'm at the place that I work out, whether it's, you know, 30 minutes or sometimes it's five hours because I like to hang out in there with my friends, but um, I do a little bit of, of arm care, just shoulder stuff like every single day. And depending on what I do that day, whether it's med ball exercises, water ball, like those uh, aqua bags, mm-hmm. those exercises, or if I throw, whenever I actually throw a baseball, that's when like the arm care, um, usually I do a little bit more, but if it's, even if it's like a med ball or water ball, like exercise, throw anything like that, I, I'll do arm care after it just because you biggest tool you can have as a pitcher is your availability you know if you're injured then i mean you're no good so i'm just trying to stay healthy because that's that's the name of the game yeah so that florida academy was that in florida Mm -hmm. yeah it's it was in it's in lakeland florida okay so can i take us through that um a little bit kind of i guess what exactly that florida academy was and kind of maybe some of the biggest things you and gavin you think kind of learned uh going to that academy my so our pitching coach is uh jason tallman uh J- jason tallman he's he's good buddies with uh the guy who runs the florida base farmer his name randy sullivan and he's uh he's good good friends with him so he kind of it's always been brought up 
And it was actually part of my like birthday and Christmas present was going down there because it was pretty pricey. But um, we, uh, yeah, we just, we finally decided to do it. And it was like uh, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the first day and 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the second day. So, but it really, didn't, it, it really didn't feel like that long when we were doing it. Just, I don't know, time by time kind of flew by. But um, the guy down there is very smart. You know, like I say, he saw things that I would have never uh, never seen if I looked at videos of me pitching. So the, the biggest thing was mechanics because um, I check a lot of boxes. You know, I'm, I'm strong, I'm explosive, mobile, I'm all that. But I feel like my mechanics need a lot of work or definitely need cleaned up. So that's one of the emphasis that I'm putting on my putting on myself this offseason is just making sure that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving as well as I can down the mound. And they also, you know, they gave us, um, a lot of those water ball exercises I was talking about. They gave us a lot of stuff to do with those throwing drills and, um, mobility routines. And, you know, like I said, the recovery, recovery exercises and the plans. Yeah. So you said that you've kind of put more emphasis into your arm care this past off season compared to, you know, previous, previous off seasons. Um, so besides going to that Florida Academy and kind of learning all those different like things about arm care or just mechanics, whatever, uh, what are like what are some other motivations for you to, you know, put more emphasis on arm arm care this offseason compared to, you know, off seasons in the past? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the fact that like I'm I'm going to be throwing um for longer periods of time than I have in the past. You know, I'm gonna be throwing bullpens in January and then we'll have the, the ramp up in the winter, then we'll have high school season. And then, you know, I'm going to have to go out in summer and hopefully light up radar guns. And then I'll a little bit different this year is I'll have to keep throwing into the fall. You know, hopefully, you know, I, you know, get good enough. We'll you know, go to the area codes or we'll go to like, down south to Fort Myers or something like that in September, October. So that, that would be the goal is, you know, keep having, you know, a healthy live arm from, you know, basically like the first of February to the first of October. And that that's why I'm emphasizing, you know, the shoulder exercises, the, you know, the forearm exercises, all that, because I want to be able to throw throughout the entire year. Yeah. Um. So flipping that around a little bit to, you know, the hitting side of things, obviously you've been a two-way player there uh, playing the outfield at Fishers. Um, can I take us through what your hitting approach is a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, you're on the undeck circle, you're watching the pitcher, watching the guy in front of you, uh, kind of take us through what's going through your mind. And then as you kind of walk up to the plate, what you're trying to do with each at bat. Yeah, I would say, as well, our our hitting coach is good good friend of mine, Danny Collier Fishers. He he thinks that I he believes that I think too much about hitting. Sometimes in game I do, but um, I mean if all right if I'm going up to the plate in any game, I I mentioned it before. It's just I'm going to just try to hit the ball hard. You can't control what happens after that. So um something that's i feel like helped me in game is i always have uh like hit the top of the ball i don't i don't know why it just kind of it i can't explain it it just helps me when i'm actually swinging is like if i try to hit the top of the baseball i feel like this like hit line drives better um but approaches i would i would say i'm an aggressive hitter i i hate getting deep in counts even though i, I do think i'm a pretty good hit, hitter when i um and down in the count but I, I like to I like to swing. Like if there if there's a fastball, it's in the strike zone on the first pitch. I unless it's outside, you know, it, it it changes pitch to pitch. But you know, if there's a if there's a fastball in her half down the middle and the first pitch, then I'm I'm probably gonna be swinging. Yeah. And if I if I get one strike down, then that's when it like kind of opens up. Or like if it's a fastball for a strike, then I'm gonna swing. 
and even like even breaking balls if i see if i can see a breaking ball up if i see something hanging then i i i, I hit breaking balls really well so i think i would probably I, i'd probably swing at that too but um one of the biggest improvements i made from my freshman to sophomore kind of that that spring and summer was hitting lefties this is my i mean my freshman year I, I i sucked at it i just i never could get the hang of it especially like if a lefty threw it like a, a running fastball in the outside corner i just I, I couldn't hit it and then uh i got i got a little better at it in my sophomore year so that, that was a good thing but yeah. um I, my philosophy at the play is just hitting the ball hard and being aggressive yeah so with you being an aggressive hitter already do you kind of have a different approach when it comes to a two, two strike approach because i know some guys i mean even at that older age i mean they kind of you know they're free swinging no matter what the count is mm -hmm. are you a big two strike approach guy or mm -hmm. do you kind of keep it the same throughout the so event? i i don't i don't really i don't really change my swing a whole lot i i may shorten my swing up a little yeah. bit but i won't like get wide you know take no stride I, it, it'll look the same it's just my vision is kind of like, all right, if there's no strikes, then I kind of have a tunnel vision, like right in this area. There's two strikes, you know, that that tunnel opens up a little bit. And I'm looking at kind of the whole zone. And then I put a lot more emphasis on I look fastball. And then it's like I'm just I'm trying a little bit harder to recognize any spin I see. Yeah. So I guess kind of you talk about your swing there. So kind of let's let's go through the mechanics of it a little bit. Um, just from, you know, from your load up all the way through that follow through. Let's talk about the mechanics of your swing first. And then after that, I guess kind of dig through the mechanics of your pitching windup as well, considering you said you kind of learned a lot about mechanics when you went to that Florida Academy. Um, so just kind of dig through that a little bit. And my hitting coach um, is Bobby Bell. He's I, the best hitting coach in the country. He's worked with uh, professional teams. He's a hoot too. He's an energetic guy, and he he'll he'll tell you if you suck. He'll tell you if you're doing good. So, um, he's uh, I, I worked with him kind of oh, for the 14 new season. There's a lot of things that happen in that 14 new season. But, uh, I worked with him, and most of the stuff that I got, or I I believe that I used is from him. Things that he taught me. Um, I usually I have a I have a little bit of a leg kick. It's not like an extreme, you know, like Josh Donaldson thing, but <laughs> it's a little, it's a little bit of, you know, a leg kick. And um, I would say the biggest thing, one of the biggest thing in the mechanics, two things is head staying still. I I watch if I ever like come across Instagram and it will be hitter, like hitting a bomb or something. I like, you can look at their video or look at their head. You can, you can uh, just see their head. Like it, it doesn't move at all. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And then, Another thing is the like front shoulder. When you start, your front shoulder should start the swing by going up. Shouldn't go rotational at all. Should go up. It's not so much like going down like that. It's just like that way. And that was one of the things that helped me a lot. Um, but I, I don't think a lot, a whole lot about my mechanics anymore. It's more just, it's more, it's more approach. Even when I'm taking BP or taking like flips, it's like, you got to think about just hitting a line drive right up the middle, like every single swing. That's yeah. that's what I think about. Okay. Uh, so dig through your mechanics a little bit on your pitching windup as well. Yeah, pitching. Um, um, so I'm strong, strong guy. I, I like to get in the weight room, but I got to figure out how to use that on the mound, how that translates from the weight room to the mound. So the, the big thing the Florida baseball armory guys use was uh, the hinge. It's um, – when you start to go down the mound, your back knee shouldn't go over your front toe. And that was something that I was doing like significantly bad. So that we had to, we had to fix that where it's basically like when you start going down the mound, it should be like you're doing like a, like a deadlift or something. You're, 
you know, your butt should go back and you should be like hinging like this way down the mound. It's kind of hard to explain, like, you know, if you don't have like an actual example, but yeah, it's, um, that that's the biggest thing is, for me, especially is like, if I, if I can clean that up, then I can clean up, you know, very, very minor issues in the rest of my mechanics. Yeah. So you said you're a strong guy. I know you are pretty close with um, my guy, Andy, uh, but Dochka or however you say his last name involved <laughs> baseball Doka. training. Yep. Um, so I know, I mean, I remember when I think he, when he said he's coming to battle of Indiana, I think he said he, he might like, he stayed at your house before or something. Yeah. I believe, I believe that's what he said. He's, he stayed at my house like probably 10 times. He's good, good guy. I, I love yeah. training with him. He's, he's funny, but he's, uh, he's helped me. He's helped me a lot when it comes to the aspect of just getting bigger and stronger. Um, I started working for him. Like, it's literally like a year ago, like this week. And he's, he helped me a lot from this past year. Just like I said, just getting stronger. Like I've, I've seen a lot of improvements and I mean, I think baseball players should get in the weight room. I've, I think that's kind of a well-known fact now and pretty much everyone does lift, but I mean, I, if there's any like high school athlete that doesn't already like lift, I, and they asked me about it. I always recommend Andy because I think that his program and like what he does is really good. Yeah. So I guess, how'd you get connected with Andy and kind of what was the, you know, like the, mo obviously the motivations to get bigger and stronger, mm -hmm. uh, but like what kind of interested you in Andy's program when you first got connected with him? Well, it started just getting, you know, bigger and stronger is like you know, my dad being in the army or the military and stuff, you know, he, he always lifted and I always thought it was kind of cool. And I have pretty good genetics for it because I always just saw like, I, I liked working out and, you know, I was getting bigger and I was getting stronger. So I just wanted to keep going and it seemed to help me in baseball and stuff. So actually I was, I did, I did gymnastics for seven years. That's probably a lot of, a lot of things that people don't know. I was three times state champion, but that, that helped a lot with the you know, baseline strength and flexibility. But uh, Andy, he reached out to me in the fall of last year. And, you know, I was kind of curious in it because I, I, I wasn't on anything like any program or anything. And I think it would have been, you know, wise for me to get like a, you know, like a personal trainer to work with yeah. to guide me. And um, well, the, the I remember one of the selling points was he always he posted a lot of videos on his Instagram story, and I, I followed him and I always saw like like uh, guys like Max or guys like Gage, you know, they worked with them and they're getting yeah. like they're getting significantly stronger like in a quick period of time. So I was like, you know what, all right, I'll do it. So then me me and Gavin do it too. So we both went on it and uh, paid off. Yeah. So I guess I got one last question here before we're going to dig into, you know, like the final like rapid fire questions I got. Um, so before you had Louisville's campus here and, you know, I, I guess like a year and a half or so now, I mean, it's getting with you yeah. class being class of 2024, you don't have too much longer left. Uh, but what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on in your game before you head to that Louisville campus? Um, well, I think everyone wants to get bigger, stronger, faster, but um I've, that's a given but um I want to be able to I want to throw harder um I mean so does everyone but yeah. I I think that I need to have a, another uh velo jump to compete for you know like actually pitching there or pretty much anywhere I go is like I everyone's throwing harder now so I need I need to keep up with that too um I wish I could tap into a little bit more uh, power aspect of hitting. Um, just, I feel like I just need to be hitting balls, you know, out because I am like 
six foot one, almost 200 pounds now. So yeah. we'll, we'll see this high school season. I think that I think I'm going to poke a little more balls out this year because I'm, I'm going to be bigger than I was last year. But um, I, OK, I'll, I'll just say pitching in general, because there's uh, there's more than velo. I mean, I just I need stuff to be sharp. I need something to break. I need something to run. I need to be able to pretty much throw any pitch I want, any count I want, whenever I want. So yeah. there's so much name of the game in pitching, but yeah, especially I mean, especially if you beat a two way. I mean, there's so much things you know to focus on. Yeah, uh, because you, I mean, you're focusing on you know, like the hitting side of things when it comes to approach. I know you say you don't focus too much on the mechanics anymore, mm -hmm. uh, but to, you know, just your approach and then just everything. I mean, I wasn't a pitcher, so I don't know too much about the pitching side. But I mean, I mean, just like you said, I mean, so many things that go with pitching when it comes to yeah. pitches that you know do different things and. Um, I'm mm -hmm. sure, you know, learning about spin rate when it comes to, you know, the rap sodos and track mans and all. I haven't that. thrown on those too much, but I, I would like to get on those, you know, to see how things are moving and, you know, like what I need to improve on. Yeah. But like that's the those two. Like if you're a baseball player, you do have similar movements, you know, with that. You're, you're always in a single leg or like lunge position ish. Yeah. And you're always you're always hinging and stuff like that. So pitching training does translate to hitting training and vice versa. Yeah, I mean that tech now. So with me, I don't I don't know if you, I know that if you know this, but like I'm trying to be like an MLBPA agent after I, I saw graduated from school. Um, so like that's kind of like my next thing I want to like learn about most is like you know like that technology of the game when it comes to rap sodos, track man, hit tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to learn that hopefully like this, you know, this upcoming, you know, like spring and summer, uh, I'll be working for like PBR. So I'm kind of hoping to, you know, like learn oh, really? about it with through that. Um, that's like my next step. And I, I like, I just find it so interesting with all like, you know, the spin rates and like, I was talking to Braden Reisdorf, um, pitch freshman yeah. here at Indiana. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about, uh, coach Glant, who's like the old Yankees yeah, um, yeah, yeah. coach. And like he was telling me about all these like different ways that if you're a righty, you want your slider to be like a certain angle and a certain spin rate. Yeah, the tilt. And, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And I definitely like that's kind of like my, my next step in terms of like, you know, just gaining more knowledge within the game. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I've always found that interesting. But mm -hmm. um, no, just go ahead. And we're going to we've got six questions left here for the rapid fire kind of, you know, just six questions. I like kind of like to ask everybody whether, you know, you're a player, you're a coach, you're, you know, an agent I've had on the past as well. Um, so just six simple questions. Um, so when it comes to people who have been like the most influential within your baseball career, whether that's, you know, like Coach Hunley or Coach Steiner, your your dad, um, who who have been some of those most influential people? And I guess like uh, like what makes them the most influential? Um, I would say my my friends, probably just because I, I've grown up with friends that love baseball too they play baseball and we all kind of have like the same goals just keep playing baseball we like, like watching it watching it talking about it anything to do with baseball so it just kind of helps my like love for it and like even my friends in high school and stuff it's like just being able to like hang out with those guys like every single day almost it just it helped me like grow a love for baseball because like i get i, I was accustomed to the hanging out with them during base, baseball practice and yeah. all that and i just a, like a broad, like my, my, my why reasoning, like why I do or why I want to get better, like why I want to go to the next level is all that is because of like all the people that have supported me, whether it's family, friends, coaches, like anyone. I know that there's a lot of people that believe in me and a lot of people that want to see me succeed. And it's, that's kind of, that's like why I do it because I want to, like whenever I work, I want to like get good enough to where I can show them like, all right, well, you supported me. Like, here you go. 
you got it. Like, thank you for supporting me. Like, I want to give that back to them. And I want to show the people that support me that, you know, I got better. Okay. Well, I guess there's my answer for, you know, question number one and number two, you kind of, <laughs> you kind of skipped ahead of me there for a second uh, my next question was, you know, like some of those motivations, but I guess you kind of answered it there. Um, so kind of moving into, you know, passions beyond the game of baseball. Um, so, we, you know, when you're like, you know, bumming around Fishers or, you know, just going downtown Indianapolis or whatever happens to be like, what are some of the, like, I guess, passions or just like hobbies that you have, you know, beyond the game of baseball? Um hanging out with groups of people i'd say i like i like hanging out with um like people from all over our district i like having a, a wide variety of like friend groups you know i just I, I like meeting new friends and uh hanging out with hanging out with the hanging out with the girlfriend i've had a girlfriend for uh, i guess we're at a year and seven months now so i'm always at her house hanging out <laughs> with her, her family but um oh well i guess i guess I don't know if this is really outside of baseball, but the place I work out, it's it's in Fisher. It's called Fisher Sports Academy. Um, it, it's a baseball training place, but then it's also another like hangout house. Like our like my me and my friends literally from school. We leave from school to go there, and we're there for like it's at least three hours every night. <laughs> I get I get in, I get in trouble by my family and girlfriends sometimes for staying there too long, but it's it's like it's literally just like hanging out at someone's house on the weekend, and yeah. then you know you sling some metal around too. Yeah, I, I remember that back when I was in high school, you know, whether that's basketball or baseball, um, you know, just like whether you're shooting or whether you're just in the cage, just hitting like, I mean, that's yeah. just it's the best place to, you know, just yeah. talk to your friends. Exactly. Uh, but no, so I mean, obviously, when you're traveling across the country and just all the experiences you've had so far within your baseball career, I'm sure you have, you know, a lot of contacts within the game. If you had to choose the coolest contact you have on your phone right now, who do you think that would be? Um. Oh, geez. I I mean, maybe it's kind of cliche, but I I feel like uh, Coach McConnell at Louisville, just because he's such a well-known college coach because he's been there. I don't know how many years exactly, but he's been there forever. And, you know, he does like, like coaching clinics, like my, my high school head coach, Coach Cherry, like he he brought a couple of our coaches to like a coaching clinic and coach McConnell was the guy that was talking to like high school coaches in the Midwest. So I think that's a, like a pretty cool thing. Like there's a lot of people, you know, like look up to him and um, I have. Uh... Oh man. I guess I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I'd say, well, my, my grandpa probably is pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm going to have to, well, I guess I'm going to have to like, you know, like tell the, when because I mean, I've asked, I don't know, this is a new question I kind of added. And everyone, when I ask that, you know, like they think about it for like five minutes and then like they'll answer it and then I'll start talking like about other stuff and they'll be like, oh, hey, back to that coolest contact question I got another guy for you so I'm probably gonna have to start you know like mention it to people like you know before the interview even starts for them to you know, get their mind <laughs> rolling week, on a week out just let them know <laughs> uh but no um so to down to the final two questions um so as you know as you just continue into your baseball career or just into your life in general going to Louisville going to prof- uh, potentially play professional baseball um I guess what is your perfect picture of your life look like here in 20 years from now, everything's going right. What does that perfect picture of your life look like? 20 years from now, let's see, I'd be 37. So um, perfect picture, I'd say, would be 
I go to I go to Louisville, uh, hopefully get drafted, play professional baseball. Hope when I'm in college, keep in contact with all my uh, close friends that I've had in high school and then uh, play professional baseball for a couple of years. Hopefully make it to the bigs, you know, have a decent career would be a, a dream scenario. And um, I, I, I need to think, I haven't thought about it too much about a career other than baseball, but I think that something um, like in, in law would be kind of cool. Like uh, FBI, CIA, something to do with that. I think that that would be sick. And I, I that's something that interests me. I think that I'll probably pick a major in college that has something to do with that just because yeah. I think that's what I want to do. Okay. All right. But so that's final that, and then, I mean, hopefully I have a nice family 20 years from now and yeah. uh, I don't know, have a good life. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, that's usually the generally the, like the answer I get like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like have them. Cause obviously I, I mean, I interview a lot of, you know, like power five commits, you know, have that potential to go play power yeah. five I mean, to pr- pr- potentially play professional baseball. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a common answer, you know, have like, have a good family, have a wife, but, uh, like play a, like you know a while within the major leagues yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean that that's a common answer yeah i'm, um, I'm not asking for 10 all-star selections <laughs> just be able to be in the clubhouse with a couple of the other pro guys would be pretty sick yeah uh but no so down to that final question so when you do head to louisville here in about a year and a half you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize off your name image and likeness you know, like that new ncaa regulation that came out um, in 2021, I'm sure I'm, you've kind of maybe looked into it maybe a little bit, uh, but what would be one dream brand that you would love to, you know, endorse, collaborate with, whatever it happens to be, what would that dream brand be when you head to Louisville? Um, I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like a clothing brand would just, that'd be just cool because if I could get some of the clothing, like some like nice like Nike clothing, you know, the sweatpants, there's some shirts that are, you know, just cool or like, uh, like a Lululemon. I think, I think that'd be pretty cool. Or, uh, let's see, I don't know a specific one, but I feel, I don't know why. I just feel like a cologne brand, like a cologne brand would be pretty cool. Or maybe like, uh, any kind of bling, like, like some chains or something like I have chains. I'd probably have to say that one. If I had to pick one, It'd be like a like a jewelry jewelry collaboration. Okay. You know, get like a you know like you know how a big poppy had that big like number yeah. thirty four like yeah. just hanging off his chest. Get something, yep. yeah, like, we're something one of like that, like a JB or whatever, <laughs> something like that. You know, as as you're walking around, I mean, that'd yep. be pretty cool. Yeah, um, jewelry no. collaboration. <laughs> but no, I uh, mean that's yep. that's all the questions. On too. Yeah. There we go. Shoot, you're all, you're all about the accessory shoot. <laughs> um, but no, uh, man, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, like I said, I mean, we try to, you know, do this in the summertime, potentially do it in the fall. It just hasn't worked out schedule-wise. Yeah. I'm glad we're finally, you know, able to do it. Um, episode's going to release tomorrow. Generally, I try to get them, you know, recorded, you know, like a week or two ahead of time. But just the schedule just, you know, I'm going to have to do a little bit of editing here this next couple hours before heading into work. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I just really appreciate you coming on the show. Best of luck. Um, I guess best of luck here, Battle of Indiana, you know, coming up here in a month or so. I'll make sure you get to face some of those guys you're wanting to face, the best players in the state. Um, and best of luck here, you know, this upcoming spring, um, rest of your travel ball career, heading to Louisville as well. Best of luck there and just really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me.